0: This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network.
1: And welcome everybody to a Pinky and the Brain episode of the Animaniacast. We are very
0: much alike, you and I. I do Doubt that. I am a lab mouse involved in an elaborate scheme to take over the world. (laughs) Ha, 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 no need to be bitter. You played well. Au revoir, Jacques. We'll see you in Davy Jones' locker. Didn't he sing lead for the monkeys?
1: and welcome once again to the animaniacast we are the only podcast that talks about the classic television series animaniacs and of course we talk about nothing else nothing at all today we're going to be talking about the show pinky and the brain oh wait okay so we are we are talking about other stuff but this is much more connected to animaniacs than, than other stuff whatever <laughs> We're going to be talking about all the cultural references, all the cultural references and gags, and in the end, we're going to give this episode of Pinky and the Brain a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again in California is my brother Nathan. No more free harbor cruises. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Kelly.
2: Hi, I'm Bob Ballard from Woods
1: Hole Oceanographic Institute, and you are watching SeaQuest. <laughs> oh, you're putting in references from SeaQuest. I knew you had to in this, this particular episode. Yes. <laughs> this one had SeaQuest Kelly written all over it. <laughs> well, today we are doing our round robin once again. Last week we did Tiny Toons. This week we're going to be doing Pinky the Brain. Next week we're going to be doing Freakazoid. Today we're talking about the premiere episode of Pinky and the Brain, Das Mouse. And uh, tell me, guys, if you could just you know just talk about the Pinky and the Brain episode we watched today in just a few words,
3: uh, what would you tell them, Nathan? Um, it's a whole like twenty-two minutes long episode of Pinky and the Brain. It certainly is. <laughs> and what about you, Kelly?
2: like uh, Tom Clancy meets Clive Cussler and James Cameron.
1: Ooh. With a, with a little Orson Wells, perhaps, I, guess, I suppose, too, because of the brain, right? Yes. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> well, uh, this, of course, is the first episode of Pinky and the Brain, the television series on the WB. Now, Nathan and I, you know, we grew up together, so I know that we did watch the show on the WB. Mm -hmm. Um, One of our listeners, (laughs) when we had Tom on recently talking about the WB era of uh, Animaniacs, I was, I was talking about how, you know, I think I know we got it. When did we get uh, the WB in Tucson? And then it wasn't till afterwards. And then to talking to one of our listeners on uh, Facebook that reminded me that WGN showed, you know, WGN, the Chicago station, was shown in Tucson on cable.
2: That's how I used to watch the Muppet Show.
1: Oh, well, there you go. See, WGN was very useful back then, right? Uh, (laughs) But that's how we watched uh, the episodes of of Pinky and the Brain and Animaniacs Mm. and Freakazoid, at least when it initially came out. And then eventually, uh, what is now... Oh, I don't know the exact CW or CW, whatever the CW Mm -hmm. station is here in Tucson, uh, became the, the WB carrier, uh, which was channel 18, I think back in the day. Anyway. So that's, that's, that's how that all happened. So yeah, we were watching it on WGN along with, I'm sure a lot of people around the country since, uh, (laughs) the WB was not on many stations uh, in, in many locales, but, Uh, Kelly, did you ever have any uh, experience watching Pinky and the Brain, the primetime time time series, I should say, on uh, Mm -hmm. WB?
2: No. What what year did it start?
1: Well, let's go right to Nathan for that. Uh, Nathan, tell us, when did this episode first premiere?
3: So, Joey, this episode first premiered on Saturday, September 9th of 1995, which was the first day of the kids WB block. Uh, so I already went over this day. So go back. No, <laughs> yeah, go back to episode whatever it was. <laughs> and I'll go over it next week because this is also the <laughs> premiere of Freakazoid. Um, and uh, we had two new Animaniacs episodes today: um, uh, Super Strong Warner Siblings um, and the You and Me episode. Um, and then Sylvester and Tweety Mysteries was also premiered, and Earthward and Shim also premiered, as well as uh, the Sony PlayStation was released on this day. So. There. Very exciting. I'll probably get some more stuff for next week. Yeah, I had to find yeah, something. Gotta hold back I was something
2: probably at work right? when this premiered or something, so I didn't catch it.
1: Ah, yeah, it was on Sunday night and of course when Wait, no,
2: no, Sunday night.
1: Yes, Sunday night.
2: I would have been watching Sequest.
3: Well, <laughs> there you go.
2: Cause this was you said ninety five?
3: Nineteen ninety five.
2: Um, I think Sequest was still on by then. Um but uh, it was that would have been like the third, third. Yeah, it would have been like the third season. So I wasn't even watching that that religiously. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know what I was doing on Sunday <laughs> nights.
1: Well, it certainly wasn't we're like most of the country it wasn't watching Pinky and the Brain uh, because as and especially in places like L.A., if we remember when Tom was on our show just a few weeks ago, uh, when Pinky and the Brain was about to premiere. And they're all anxiously awaiting this prime time showing of their cartoon show, and then the L.A. circuit boards, or whatever it happened, whatever happened, just collapsed and tragic. <laughs> and so. <sighs> Yeah, what a what a way to uh, start off the WB era of Animaniacs and Pinky the Brain and stuff. Boy, oh boy, not
2: not very auspicious
1: beginning. No, it wasn't. So, if you haven't checked out that episode, by the way, uh, please do. It was a very revealing episode, and very interesting. I think Tom was uh, very honest about his opinions about uh, some of the WB executives who worked there at the time, and uh, how they they did not know. Comedy, especially when it came to Pinky <laughs> and the Brain, where he was talking about how they wanted to make it into a primetime sitcom kind of show, too, which I thought was pretty interesting. Some of those elements. Yeah, he,
2: does, he doesn't really sugarcoat, does he?
1: No, he doesn't. That's why we <laughs> love him so much. Uh, but if you, uh, some of those elements, of course, did make their way into the show, but this pr- uh, first episode was very much like a standard Animaniacs episode. This is something I think they had produced a while before um we don't know the exact time but it seems like they had kind of made it just like they make every pinky in the brain episode well let's go ahead and get straight into our discussion let's talk about part one of das mouse this
0: is maurice lamarche the voice of the brain and you are listening to the Cast.
1: And Das Mouse was directed by Liz Halsman, and the writer was Peter Hastings. We should also talk before Kelly take it away. We should mention this longer theme song of Pinky in the Brain, which has a few more lyrics on it and some shots of Pinky in the Brain from you know previous episodes on Animaniacs. I not, I don't really know what to say about the the theme song other than I think it's. It's a cool theme song, and I like the the lengthened version of it. Uh, any opinions, guys, on this this longer version? Uh, I can sing
3: along a lot easier. I got all the words on the screen. <laughs>
1: That's true.
3: <laughs> Although it is it is a little harder to read it. Yeah. it they're all over the place. Dinky's
1: like really tiny. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, I do like the words in it though. The words on yeah. the, the screen are fun to read along with it.
2: But the, there was, to me, there was like too much on the screen there was a lot going on Mm. animation wise
1: yeah it was it was i kind of wish that they maybe did some more original animation for this first one you know than just recycled the old stuff but whatever whatever it it, it worked i like the singing i could definitely hear a little bit of rob paulson in there i can't off the top of my head uh tell who else is singing along with him but i can tell rob paulson has one of his you know deeper voices going on singing along so it's a cool song but kelly tell us what happens here in the first part of das mouse
2: okay well i i mean i guess first i should say that uh, das mouse is a play on the film das boot which is directed by wolfgang peterson and the most important thing I want to say about Wolfgang Peterson is he directed The Neverending Story.
1: <laughs> that's that very good. That's cool. The most
2: important thing. Yes. So, um, but other than that, it really has no connect. I mean, I haven't seen the film. I've seen a lot of his other movies, but um, I don't think it has any other connection to <laughs> to Dust Boot, to be honest. So, it's, you know, the same story as usual. Pinky and the Brain are uh, hanging out at Acme Labs and the Brain... ...wants to take over the world.
0: In tonight's plan, Pinky, we will receive the aid of legions of unassuming humans. Oh, goody company! But why would they help us? Because they will be hypnotized by the secretions of a rare Peruvian Daukid. Behold! What a fog! Yes. Its skin gives off a powerful hypnotic fluid full of active peptides.
2: He wants to hi- hypnotize people... And, uh, and feed them this uh, concoction, I guess. And I think it's Pinky that suggests, you know, the pancake jamboree.
0: After we collect the frog's fluid, we must devise a plan to draw thousands of people here to ingest it and become hypnotized. You mean like a gigantic pancake jamboree? Please, Pinky, I... Yes! So mix the hypnotic fluid into a flowery batter and have a gigantic pancake jamboree.
2: But but then he needs to get the the white crabs from the hull of the Titanic. How random is that? (laughs) Um, To to, uh, implement this plan. So he devises this idea to... Uh, go to the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute. And as soon as I saw that... And I, I, am, I am disappointed that there weren't actual Sequest references in this episode, because the show had been on for a couple of years. But then I, I I don't actually know when they came up with this storyline, to be honest, because I know animation sometimes takes a while to to actually be completed. But yeah. still, no Sequest references. Very disappointed. <laughs> um, but uh, so they... They sneak off to the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute, uh, which which is where Bob Ballard um, of Sequest fame is how I knew him originally. Uh, and then and then James Cameron made the Titanic really popular with the movie and everything. But but I knew who Bob Ballard was before that because he was on Sequest and uh, he discovered the Titanic. And the funny thing was, is Clive Kessler wrote a book called Raise the Titanic about ten years or so before the Titanic was discovered, so he came up with this whole original plot and, you know, ideas about where it was. And I'm getting way off topic here, but I get really excited because um, I love Clive Cussler books, <laughs> and I I read this book um, many many years ago, and they made a movie, and the movie was so abysmally bad that Clive Cussler said, "I will never let them make another movie out of my books again." But then he made the mistake. And let Matthew McConaughey star as Dirk Pitt in Sahara? No, 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 no. Okay, that's all <laughs> I'm gonna say about that. So I don't think
1: anybody saw Sahara, by the way.
2: <laughs> Did um, my dad and I saw it in the movie theater because we're the biggest Dirk Pitt fans in the world. Okay. I actually got my dad to autograph the Clive Cussler book for like Father's Day or his birthday one year. Um, so we saw it out of. You know, solidarity, but. <laughs> and then immediately tried to forget it. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, the. Um, so they go off to the Oceanographic Institute, and they're gonna steal the this, sub, this, uh, the Alvin. And uh, <laughs> they go inside the sub, and there's a, a club on it.
0: Take us ahead at 12 knots, bearing 229. Bow planes at 15 degrees. On my mark?
2: Um, plane?
0: Captain Brain, what is it? Drat! The Sub Club.
2: What do they? That's what. Um. What do they call them? Oh, like Lojacks. It's
1: yeah, well, they cars. called them the Club at the time. I mean, they had them. They had them on everything well, in the nineties. Well, I 90s. guess
2: like one of the brand names was like lojack, lojack
1: or yeah. But I, my, my, my friend Jason. I mean, he had a, he had the Club on his Mustang back in the nineties. Oh, just what you yeah. what you put on the car. This of course is the sub club, which is club. very very yeah. very cool. You got to get those on your Albans.
2: <laughs> so there's there's one to help prevent them from stealing it, but uh Pinky actually discovers if you know they only make right turns, then they'll be fine. So uh that's what they do. They spin it to the right and uh Brain wants Pinky to call him Captain Brain and uh then they go down under the surface. Because beneath the surface lies the future.
1: The
2: sequest. <laughs> sequest. Y'all got that right?
1: Uh, very uh, slightly, yes. I, I knew it had to be a Sequest reference.
2: Okay. I <laughs> And I'm not obsessed or
1: anything. Not at all. Not at all.
2: I was I was writing Sequest episode recaps for Big Shiny Robot um Shameless Plug but then I realized um, a marine biologist had actually gone back and rewatched all the episodes and commented on them for another website and then I, I was like I I don't have anything to offer like that so I got kind of depressed I may I may get back to it but I was like yeah I don't I don't have that insight I just like Jonathan Brandis is dreamy yay Spielberg that's all I got
1: we're forgetting one one thing right here because after they go off into the the ocean, uh, Pinky is told to randomly change the coordinates of their sub.
2: Oh uh, yeah, plus. I thought that was in the next segment. No, so this I is in the know.
1: first part. There's a lot of things going uh, okay. on in the first part. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: okay, well I'll I'll, I'll continue. <laughs> so um, the code like the um, it's like a radio transmitter or something that I guess shows. The, Woods Hole where they're located and so it says W-H-O-I Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute and so Brain tells Pinky to randomly change it so it'll confuse the, the system and uh, Pinky's a little unsure of that and Brain's like you, you can do random Pinky and so he, <laughs> he does and then it he turns it to Narf
1: of course yeah. <laughs> I saw that coming but this this uh, ends up alerting the CIA.
0: Have you ever heard of Jack McGuire? Captain, North Atlantic, Cold War Nut. He was discharged. Always saying that when the enemy arrived, it would be with some mythical nuclear attack readiness formation. N-A-R-F. Narf. The old man is concerned.
1: The president?
0: No, just some old man.
1: And this is a very funny scene between uh, these, these two agents. One of them is a general, I suppose, and the other is a CIA agent. And they're talking about uh, the boys aren't very happy about this. And
0: The boys want that thing terminated. The boys? You mean the Pentagon? No, my two boys, Josh and Aaron. You leave immediately. We're sparing no expense on this one. Here are your bus tickets.
1: Uh, the scene ends with them going to a soda machine, which is in a locked... You think they're going into this room. And it turns out that it's just a soda machine behind this locked vault. And unfortunately, the uh, machine is out of Fresca. (laughs) But uh, basically, at the end, they, they, uh, they go off to find out who these people are who stole this sub and are fixing to blow up I don't know. Blow up the world with a nuclear weapon apparently. And Nathan, where does the CIA agent, CIA agent go?
3: Well, I just wanted to point out a line I thought was really funny. Was okay. he says, "Uh, I spare we spared no expense." And then he hands him a bus ticket. All right. <laughs> I,
2: but but the spared no expense. We all know Jurassic Park. Thank you.
3: <laughs>
2: just making sure.
3: Um. And yeah. And yeah. They they were very funny. Those two. Um, uh, but we uh, we are in the sub now. Um. And brain is mapping the course, which should take two hours, is going to take seven months. So, <laughs> and then uh, we cut to um, the CIA agent. He's getting off his bus, and he's going to meet Jack McBrayer or something like that. What What was his name? Do you remember? I think that was it. But it was so weird because.
1: I kept thinking of twenty four. Isn't that like? Isn't that almost like the, the character's name in, in the show Twenty Four? What's that guy? Jack, Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer. I kept Bauer. thinking. I kept thinking of the same guy. You know what I mean? Like they sounded so similar.
3: But this is like a salty sea captain guy. <laughs> yeah, and he uh, right now he was an ex CIA agent. He got. Uh, he was the one that came up with the NARF. He's like. It's
2: McGuire, right? The,
3: yeah, I think that's right. The for. The, in the show?
2: No, um, the, the, yeah. Um,
3: yeah, it's the, Jack McGuire. Jack McGuire. Uh, okay, Voiced that, that's by not, Jim Belushi, by the way.
2: That did not sound like what you said, so. I just yeah,
3: wondering. I couldn't remember what his name was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're like McGuire.
3: <laughs> McGuire. Like Jerry McGuire.
2: Maguire. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, there you go.
0: Jack McGuire?
1: Who wants to know?
0: CIA, got a job for you. No more free harbor cruises! No, it's not that. There's a sub in the water. They want it terminated.
3: <laughs> so the boys finally saw in my way. You mean the Pentagon? No, Josh and Aaron. Um, and so he's been enlisted to help find the sub, and he notices that they're in a nautilus shell shape. And meanwhile, Pinky in the Brain, they're so bored... Pinky is uh, tired or whatever. It's Apparently, they've only been going for a couple hours. I think Brain didn't do his calculations right. <laughs> it's what I'm coming to now, and the fact that um, they've gone so far, and yet it's only been the same day. It's like 17 um, minutes, I think. He says, yeah. How long have we been doing this? <laughs> 17 minutes. They decided to start working on the pancake recipe again, which it was tasting very bitter. <laughs> Well, any better? <laughs> He'd say yes if he were conscious. Pinky's asking if he can take over and work on the recipe, and Brain fine, says, fine, as long as you stop that the buzzing of the alarms going off. And they realize that's because uh, there's dropping... Uh, death uh, charges. Bomb, yeah, death charges onto the sub from above. Then they contact them, um, so they, they have a funny... Uh, uh, conversation between Jack McGuire and the Brain um, where they almost think that he's Jacques Cousteau. How do Cousteau? you say so? Cousteau. Cousteau.
0: <laughs> this is Jacques Cousteau. Really? Can you prove that? Here, the ocean is teeming with life. But everywhere, there are signs of man's encroachment. Darn! It is Jacques Cousteau. The mission is to terminate. But Jacques Cousteau, he's a friend of the earth. Nice Cousteau, Brain. Quiet, <laughs> Pinky. Ha! Nice try, Captain Brain, is it?
3: Um. But then Pinky says uh, Captain Brain, which Brain wants to be called Captain Brain because he's crazy. Uh, he's <laughs> insane. Um, uh, and so they realize that they are, you know, just just you know uh lab mice although that's what the brain tells them that the lab mice they don't believe it they finish off and destroy the sub and then uh celebrate and uh shoot off in their boat and leave the blown up sub but it turns out that pinky the brain uh took off in the mini sub and now they can go in a straight line so they should have just done that in the first place so should have just gotten that little sub well maybe it doesn't have as long of a Uh, Yeah, I think the range would not be as far. The range wouldn't be as far. Yeah, that's what we're going (laughs) to say. I mean, they're only two hours away. (laughs) But
1: is it just me when they got into that sub? (laughs) Because when they initially say, oh, there's the, what is it, the Alvin and then the, uh, what is it called? The Charlie 2 or something? Or the... Jason Two or something. I forget. I honestly forget what it's called. But anyway, the, when they see the little sub and they're like, "Oh, that's the little sub." I thought they were getting into the little sub at first because hmm. it just made sense that they're little and they would get into the little sub, right? Uh, but of course, they didn't. They got into the Alvin. But that Alvin has the smallest uh, <laughs> porthole or whatever you want to call it that yeah. they climbed down into it initially. That's what threw me off. I thought they're getting into the little sub, and like this is apparently a nuclear sub. <laughs> it's it's not, but the I think it's they not, think but it? they they thought okay. that people thought it was. All right, yeah. So let's go ahead and uh, wrap up the the plot, and then we're going to go you know through it quickly to talk about uh, the cultural references. But basically, uh, Pinky and the Brain they go off in the little sub, and find the Titanic they then put out this balloon and just like the beginning of the sh- of the uh, cartoon which showed uh, Pinky going on a mouse wheel which inflated a wheel or inflated a balloon which then shot a spoon across the, the, the lab to help them escape this time he's going to run on a little mouse wheel I think that's what he did right? He ran on a mouse wheel? mhm he runs on the mouse wheel to inflate a balloon which would then uh make the titanic go up and and this is very much like what kelly was talking about with raising the titanic like in the book but they raise the titanic and as they're doing this pinky's asking the brain about this recipe and everything like that and the brain's just like cut it out pinky just cut it out just cut it out
0: that icky stuff that tastes
1: bad. Please, Pinky,
0: cut it out. Cut it out.
1: So they raise the Titanic. Now all they have to do is get it to shore. So they open it up, and just like a balloon, the Titanic blows all the way over to the shore. It runs through a bridge, which is a catastrophe right there, but ignore it. It runs aground right next to Acme Labs. So convenient. Couldn't have Uh planned it better. (laughs) And they go to make their little pancake jamboree. And they had very good advertisements, apparently. All I saw was a banner outside Acme Labs saying, Pancake Jamboree. That's all you have to do back in this cartoon town because everybody is just in Acme Labs and they're all eating pancakes, including the CIA agent and... Captain, or whatever his Maguire guy is.
0: <laughs> Nothing like a pancake jamboree after you've blown up a sub, huh? <laughs> pancakes make people happy.
1: The pancakes, by the way, looked very big. Like, they were looked like a stack of apple pies, actually, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> they love them anyway. Everybody loves them so much that they all leave very happy, and at the end, the brain says, well, they'll be back soon and I'll be able to get them. And, ha- and he asks Pinky, Pinky, you know, how did you get them to eat it? That, that stuff was so bitter. Especially when you think about they just ate pancakes with crab meat in them, which is also very weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they shall return to serve, happy and content to have us rule over them. Well, isn't that nice? Narf! Tell me, Pinky, your pancake batter. How did you manage to hide the bitter taste of the hypnotic sapo? Well, like you said, I cut it out. Cut what out? That hypnotic stuff tasted terrible, brain. So, like you said, <laughs> I cut it out.
1: And of course, the brain is very upset, bangs his head against the test tube a few times, and says, Well, we're going to do this again tomorrow night. The end. Um, as Coco Marks would say.
0: But, Bray, the script distinctly says. All right, you two, no fighting during the commercials. Oh, <laughs> please, this isn't fighting, we're rehearsing.
1: <laughs> Hello, everybody. Say, do you like the cast? Well, I hope you do, because you've been listening to it for about a half hour or so. Did you know that you could actually get paid for listening to this podcast? I know it sounds insane, but it's true we discovered a free new app called PodCoin and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. You can listen to our show or any of your favorite podcasts and you earn PodCoin while you listen. And then you can turn that PodCoin into Amazon gift cards or Starbucks gift cards. Or if you're the charitable type, you can even donate that PodCoin to charity. So here's what you do. You download the PodCoin app on the Apple App Store or on Android, and I have a special code for you. Simply use our code Animaniacs, and you'll get 300 PodCoin just for signing up if you use our code. So go ahead and give the PodCoin app a try today.
0: According to legend... General Grievous was known to boast of the number of lightsabers he had acquired from the bodies of his slain Jedi My enemies. Connection. Grievous was the first in a long tradition of collectors of rare items, a tradition that continues to this day on the RetroZap podcast known as the Dorklair. Lair. Dork Lair.
1: Hey, this is Colin, voice of Randy Beeman's pal from Animaniacs and you're listening to the Animaniacast. Okay, bye. Well, that is our basic story right there. Now, let's before we go to the cultural references, I suppose. Are there any what what were your favorite moments in this cartoon? Nathan, let's start with you.
3: Um, well, uh, they were able to drive through land somehow <laughs> for a short amount of time. Do you mean it for the Titanic? No, as a submarine when they're doing the Nautilus shell, I'm just watching that part again where he just puts the shell over the map. You know and what? Clearly they've gone through. Okay. I saw that too. And I,
1: mm-hmm. and I thought the same thing as you, like the Nautilus is going through land. It's not, it's that's the underwater trenches. Ah, uh, okay. So well, they still would have had to go like getting out of the harbor. <laughs> it's true. It made me go. What, are they going through Mexico? What is going on on that map? Know. But then I looked closer and was like, "Oh, okay. It's it's going through the trenches." So I'm glad you great. noticed that too, because so I, can point. It, yeah, I I thought it looked weird too.
3: <laughs> um. No. Um. I I like that. Uh. Everyone comes to the pancake jamboree. Actually, kind of works. Uh. It's a really good idea. Um uh but yeah uh and of course the cutting up the uh ingredient i think i mean i think anyone saw it coming uh (laughs) pretty much (laughs) um uh i I like that uh brain didn't get like upset with pinky out at the end he just kind of hit himself on the head and yeah it's nice. They should have made crab cakes,
1: though. Really, I mean, I guess pancakes are just more right, happy, but you want to eat a lot of pancakes, right? So I guess that makes more sense. Yeah, they,
3: if they made something that was already bitter or something, you know, like they could have. I think pancakes is probably a bad crab choice. Crab cakes, you could probably
1: just say, "Well, that's just the you know umami or whatever of the <laughs> the mm-hmm. bitterness." It's it's meant to be like that. As long as you said free free crab cakes, there would probably be enough people showing up too, right? Three fresh crab cakes from the hull of the Titanic. That would get a lot of people very curious to eat it, even if it was bitter.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, they they just need to eat it. They don't need to enjoy it. (laughs) Exactly. Well, uh, Kelly, what about you? What are some
1: things uh, that you liked about this cartoon?
2: I thought it was funny when Maguire said I'll see you in Davy Jones' locker and Pinky said it isn't why isn't he in the monkeys? Because <laughs> yes. when I was a little kid, I would watch reruns of the monkeys. So of course, I knew Davy Jones from the monkeys. And and then at some point later, I heard the expression "Davy Jones Locker," and I was so confused because <laughs> like what? A, I had the same thought. Like, isn't that the guy from the monkeys? Because uh, I I saw that you know I, I had that name in my head first. You know, associating with the, the monkeys. So I I actually could relate to Pinky on that one. <laughs>
1: Well, let's go ahead and get to our list of cultural references and there is we have to thank this uh this blog and I do not know who, who wrote this, but just like we had the Hello Nice Warners Tumblr blog, there is a Pinky in the Brain references guide on Tumblr, which is PATB slash references dot Tumblr dot com. And they go through this one person or many people go through it looks like every episode of Pinky and the Brain, and kind of break down the references. I was surprised to find out, like Kelly was pointing out, a lot of this stuff is real. So I knew that Alvin was real, but the mini-sub's called Jason Jr., and that was actually a real sub. It was Lost at Sea in 1991. Very sad. But (laughs) there's there's some quick little references. This Admiral was voiced by John Vernon, who was actually the dean in animal house
0: what do you intend to do sir delta's already on probation they are yes sir oh then as of this moment they're on double secret probation
1: (laughs) have have either of you seen animal house
3: um (laughs) i've seen uh parts of it where he you know destroys a guitar (laughs) <laughs> I think that's about all I've seen of
1: it. I'm not sure if the movie really holds up. Uh it definitely is not a PC movie, but I still like it. It's it's a it's Harold Ramis, I believe uh, co-wrote it at the very least. I want to say John Landis. No, it's not John Landis, it's uh oh god, who Ivan Reitman, I believe. It had something to do with it. Maybe maybe I maybe John Landis did also. I don't know, but it's a has a lot of uh a lot of great people in it. And, uh, of course, Jim Belushi, uh, his brother, John Belushi, is in Animal House. And so having the principal, the, not the principal, the dean of the college uh, in this was kind of a cool connection. The little trees of Kevin Bacon. Anyway, except without Kevin Bacon. But Kevin Bacon <laughs> is in Animal House. So I guess it still works. Uh-huh. Anyway, ah. the soda machine is called Coca Cola and it says cloak on it instead of coke. And instead of the Pepsi slogan at the time, which was taste the difference, it says taste the dagger, as in cloak and dagger. One of my favorite references is when the brain and Pinky are outside the sub and the brain says a quote from Lord Byron. Uh, his 1814 poem The Dark Blue Sea
0: Roll on thou deep and dark blue ocean, roll Byron. Good one, Vane Oh, oh, I've got one too Um, hey you kids stay out of that riptide. Baywatch
1: <laughs> That was very cute, uh, yeah Uh This person saying Jack McGuire seems to be a composite of jack ryan and dirk pitt dirk pitt yes
2: that's from the clive cussler
1: oh okay you already mentioned that
2: dirk pitt. yeah my dad got me to read uh um, inca gold was the first book he read it daddy has read like every jack ryan book known to man um he loves tom clancy and uh So in high school, he's like, you should read this book. It's called Inca Gold. And the the dude's like, Indiana Jones. I'm like, I'm there. I'm there. Give me the book now. And uh, yeah, I became obsessed. (laughs) So I read like, I haven't read a lot of the more recent ones because the character has aged and he's got grown kids now. And, you know, it I guess it lost a little bit of of the appeal um, because... as we've discussed in previous podcasts, it's not fun to see some of your heroes age, um, in fiction because, you know, Indiana Jones, <laughs> Stop. but, um, the, uh, the character is this sort of rugged, um, underwater, you know, expert scuba diver, treasure hunter. Um, he's just d- d- cool. He's kind of, uh, yeah, I mean he's kind of like getting under. He's like Jack Ryan meets Indiana Jones, really. So I was so, thinking, um, I was
1: thinking Quint uh, from Jaws mixed with no,
2: Rambo. No, he's
1: because it's no, like no, give no, you out of not, retirement. Not quite
2: like Rambo. No,
1: no,
2: no. <laughs> he's he's a lot more like Jack Ryan, but it's all underwater. But but there's a lot of technology and you know artifacts and you know b- battles with other governments and you know there's always bad guys after something and. You know, maybe a little James Bond, too, I guess. So um, so they're fun books. They're fun. And so that's why I was like, no, to Matthew McConaughey, because he is not Dirk Pitt. <laughs> and Harrison Ford couldn't play him, although I would have chosen Harrison Ford, because Harrison Ford has already basically played. And he's played Jack Ryan and Indiana Jones. So <laughs> he's like, all right, let's not go crazy casting him in that same kind of role. But, um, yeah, they'll never make another movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, there's there's some more uh, technology references. There's, uh, the, McGuire says, hold on to your Newton's desk jockey. And that Newton is, was one of those, I know they reference it in The Simpsons in a very famous scene where it was a handwriting uh, kind of tablet that Apple tried designing. It was something you could handwrite and then it would change it into typed text. And, mm. and according to The Simpsons, it never worked. Ah, uh, but yeah,
3: that's an early little reference from the 90s. I uh, thought they were talking about the unit of force, Newtons. Oh, but, yeah, no. I
1: nope. <laughs> that would have worked too, but whatever. <laughs> uh, the Brain is reading a Jackie Collins book, which actually doesn't in- exist, called Oxnard. And uh, he it's just kind of a cute little joke that he likes reading, you know, trashy romance novels.
3: <laughs>
0: this is much funnier than The Stud.
1: Uh, by the way, Joan Collins, uh, Jackie Collins' sister, starred in that movie, and Joan Collins is uh she's still doing stuff. She was uh, in the uh, latest season of uh, American Horror Story, I believe. Yes. Mm. Uh, let She looks the same. She does, which I don't know if that's saying that she looked that great back twenty years ago, but it's very true. She basically still looks the same. And as for the other kind of references, we already mentioned Raising the Titanic book. We've already mentioned uh, some of the monkey stuff and everything. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I do want to mention one other thing that I thought was very cute. It's kind of a throwaway little moment. But uh, the brain does kind of get into Pinky's uh, way of his mannerisms, I suppose. And specifically the word narf. Narf.
0: What is narf? Do you mind telling me what that is? Well, let's see. It's like dot or um point. Hmm. Huh.
1: And Pinky's brain doesn't really, you know, doesn't really answer the question. <laughs> There's another point where the brain, where the where the Pinky, but he he wants him to say point point. I believe. Yeah, he says
3: it's. It will be there faster than you can yell point.
0: It's so close! We'll be there before you can yell point!
1: We'll reach Mars before I yell point, Pinky. Then later on, when they start getting hit by the death charges, the Brain, who is floating upside down on his brain, which I thought was just so funny to see him floating upside down, uh, of course says point.
0: (laughs) Hey, God, Brain! We'll be all right, won't we? Brain?
3: Point! Are there any other moments that you guys wanted to get to um, before we the, get to our water when, tower rating? Pinky, when Pinky asks uh, Brain what animal he would like to be and he says he would be a hawk and so he could eat mice and feed it to his young and Pinky just says that's weird.
0: <laughs> any questions? Um, if you could be any animal, what would it be? Oh, I'd have to say a hawk, Pinky, so I could soar through the sky. Catch little white mice in my sharp talons and feed them to my young. Ooh, that's just weird, Brain.
1: That was weird. <laughs> I wasn't quite sure if the Brain was trying to just intimidate Pinky or what, but... Uh, I think he's just insane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what about you, Kelly? Any other last moments you thought were cute before we uh, give it our water tower rating?
2: Uh, I can't think of anything I haven't already mentioned.
1: All right, well, in that case, let's go ahead and get to it. Let's get to our water tower rating. What do you guys think? Out of five water
3: towers, how many would you give this episode? Nathan, let's start with you. Oh, boy. Um... You know, I've seen some Animaniacs, or you know, I've seen Pinky and the Brain on the Animaniacs, so yes. I have a little bit of knowledge of seeing them, and I'm gonna say, uh, like three. <laughs> okay, <laughs> some of my favorite, uh, and uh, you know, it was fine, uh, but I think I've seen better, and I think there are better segments, probably, or better episodes in the seasons. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll say three. And Kelly, what about you?
2: I will go with three and a half. Okay. I I really appreciated the episode from the like, underwater adventure aspect of it, mm-hmm. uh, because it did bring to mind some of my favorite characters and stories. But as far as being funny, I, I only really laughed out loud once, and that was the Davy Jones reference. <laughs> um, so it wasn't. It there was a pattern we've seen before in other Pinky and the Brains, and it just didn't make me laugh uh, really a lot. But I, I thought it was sort of a good adventure story.
1: Yeah. It was very cinematic, I will say that. Um, speaking of things that make us laugh out loud, I was watching this with my wife, and the thing that made her laugh out loud surprised me. It was just when their faces are being stretched back by the force of the wind as the Titanic is being blown towards shore. Uh, My wife laughed out loud at that, which surprised me because (laughs) I didn't think it was the the funniest part. (laughs) But hey, whatever. Slapstick worked for her on that one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give this one three as well. uh, Just because, yeah, I think I've seen funnier stuff of Pinky in the Brain, but this certainly wasn't a bad one. It it was cool seeing those celebrity voices coming into this uh, particular episode. But, yeah, I've seen better. It's a... I, I I went ahead uh, today and watched a few more Pinky in the Brain episodes on uh, my DVD, and yeah, there are some some better ones that immediately follow this one, in my opinion. So we'll have to talk about those in the future.
3: <laughs>
1: well, let's go and get to a quick uh, a couple emails that I went ahead and pre-recorded, which is more of Rob Paulson is one of the nicest people on earth emails alright so it's time for some Rob Paulson emails first one here comes from arc 55 <laughs> and it says so this past month I got to meet Rob Paulson I've been wanting to meet him since I was 10 years old I'm nearly 20 now and he's been an inspiration to me for just as many years as I am an aspiring voice actress slash singer I've been listening to his podcast since probably 2012 or so, so he's been a huge part of my life. I was incredibly nervous to meet him, even though I knew how nice he was, but there's always that little bit of doubt that there's always there when you meet your idols. So when the time came at first, I just kind of froze as he shook my hand and started talking in Pinky's voice, but then he made me burst out laughing and I got much more comfortable. We talked for a bit about the podcast and he got excited when i mentioned how long i had been listening and was just so gracious as i thanked him then we took a picture and parted ways but that isn't where the story ends i had such a good conversation with him that i really wanted to go back and talk to him more about my passions and thank him for the influence he's had on my life so i went back and not only did he recognize me but when i said my piece he encouraged me to keep moving toward my goals and do it it because I loved it. I was on the verge of tears after all his kind words that still resonate in me. As I started to walk away, he called me back and asked if I had any social media. I said I did, and he asked if he followed me, to which I responded no, and he said he would follow me when he had the chance. I was shocked that the man I'd idolized for years wanted to keep up with me, I was shocked that the man I've idolized for years wanted to keep up with me. I thanked him and left, and sure enough, later that night, he followed me on social media. He could have just let me say my piece and thanked me and sent me on my way, but instead, this incredibly kind and generous man took the time to encourage me and have a heart-to-heart with me, and leaving me with the best memory I think I will ever have. Again, that's from Arc 5. 5. I'm guessing ARK-5 must be a Star Wars fan as well with a name like ARK-5. If that's the case, awesome. Next email here comes from Brandon. Once traveled to a weekend-long convention in Detroit to meet Rob in person. During that time, my friend's father suddenly passed away. So Rob prepared a video of himself cracking jokes in several characters' voices to help cheer them up. After telling him how much my friends appreciated his gift, I mentioned that I also don't have a father figure in my life and explained how much it warmed my heart to see him offer a source of comfort to others in a similar position. After receiving a giant hug from him, I walked away simply beaming. Rob's a hero to me. And that's from Brandon. Again, thank you, Brandon, for sending that in. And our final email from today comes from Alex. Alex. And she says, Seeing as how I finally achieved my dream of meeting the great man at the beginning of this year, I'm primed to submit my story. I apologize if this is a lot of words, but what can I say? I poured my heart out here. So here's what she said. My boyfriend and I have shared appreciation for voice actors, as they are literally the people who made both of our childhoods. We both have our favorites, and my all-time favorite has always been, of course, Rob Paulson. Rob was in almost every single thing I watched growing up, and I can pick out his voice no matter matter what the role. Animaniacs was one of the first cartoons I ever watched. I am on the autism spectrum as well, and the fact that Rob is such a big supporter of people with disabilities just makes him all the more perfect in my eyes. When I purchased our tickets for Animaniacs in concert last summer, I was bursting with excitement that was gradually joined by exponentially growing fear as I began remembering how nervous I get meeting celebrities and also realizing I'm going to meet my favorite voice actor. After a traumatic holiday season involving a family fallout, the anxiety over meeting Rob skyrocketed. Friends on Twitter who had met him gave me constant reassurance that he truly is one of the nicest people in the world. The day finally came with excitement and anxiety competing with each other for top billing. As soon as Rob and Randy walked on stage, I burst into happy tears. The show was of course phenomenal and I was hardly able to contain myself as they played all my favorite songs from the show. When it came time for the meet and greet, anxiety began to win out. I felt lightheaded and slightly nauseated and my hands were flapping up a storm. My boyfriend, a friend of mine who was attending the show, and even the lady coordinating the meet and greet were all trying to calm me. As soon as it was our turn, my heart started pounding. My legs shook with every step as my boyfriend and I walked over to Randy and Rob. I said hello to Randy first and then to Rob. When I let him know it was me, his friend Alex from Twitter, his face lit up and he exclaimed, "'You came!' I received a lot of hugs in my time, but none so memorable as the one that Rob gave me. His hugs are in the dictionary definition of genuine. I was so overwhelmed with happiness and with trying to process everything that was going on at once. I couldn't stop apologizing for the way I was being, and he let me know it was okay. He hugged me again and again, like I was an old friend. We talked a bit more, took a few pictures, with my legs still shaking... Then my boyfriend and I received our signed posters and headed on home, after one last hug from Rob, of course. It was truly an unforgettable experience. The next morning, I sent him a message on Twitter. He followed me as a little gift for my 21st birthday. I thanked him for making one of my greatest dreams come true and attached the picture of us. I received a very sweet message back that once again brought me to tears. A few weeks later, we became Facebook friends. Rob is an angel on earth, and I feel so honored to call him a friend. He always takes the time to make his fans feel special, and you leave him feeling this warmth in your heart that just never goes away. Having autism has always made it difficult for me to connect with people. With Rob, I just looked into his eyes and knew I had found a friend before he even said two words to me. His smile and his cheerfulness are infectious, and he just inspires me to strive to be a better person In everything that I do, my problems can't be solved by dropping an anvil on them, but Rob's wisdom is enough to get me through another day. All the best, Alex W. Well, thank you very much to Alex. Thank you to ARC5. Thank you to Brandon. Well, we still have a few more of these emails to get through. So if you have not yet sent in yours and you'd like us to read it on the air... No, well sure, Nathan, you too You can send oh. an email, I suppose but okay, uh, You can send it over to Animaniacast <laughs> at RetroZap.com Well, tune in next week Where we are going to be talking about What, Nathan? Oh, I think it's a, maybe a Freakazoid? That's right The <laughs> first episode of Freakazoid And I'm excited Because Freakazoid is one of my all-time favorite cartoon shows I'm also excited because Kelly, you've never seen an episode of Freakazoid, have you?
2: No, I um, I saw the opening a lot, but then it's like I must have changed the channel to something else at that point, or <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I went I went to work or something. I have no idea why I didn't watch it.
1: Well, I am very anxious to see what you think about uh, Freakazoid because it is, it's the same kind of humors. Animaniacs in some ways, and in other ways it is very different and obscure, and I hope it still holds up after all these years. I really do. Because <laughs> I want you to love it as much as I do, but at the same time, I'm like not going to be surprised if you're like, eh. <laughs> at the same time. So, I'm hoping for the best. So, tune in next week. We're going to be talking about the premiere of Freakazoid. And it uh, should be a lot of fun let's go ahead and get to some contact information nathan where can people reach you online online
3: i'm on uh twitter uh django that's me i'm also uh discord discord uh, discord discord <laughs> yeah head over
1: to the discord channel com. <laughs> ah that's it and kelly what about you
2: I am on Twitter sometimes, mostly in the evening, uh, <laughs> at Yoda Princess Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email me, and none of y'all ever do, but you should, uh, kelly at bigshinyrobot.com.
1: <laughs> okay, and as for the Animaniacast, we are on Facebook, and Twitter, and Instagram, and of course, like we mentioned over on our Discord channel, com. And send us an email, Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. We are a proud member of the RetroZap community of podcasts. Head on over to RetroZap to see great articles, fantastic podcasts, and just everything pop culture you could possibly want. You can subscribe to the RetroZap podcast feed on your favorite podcast player. You can get every single one of the RetroZap podcasts delivered straight to your device for free. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up. So, for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.
2: Good night, everybody.